This is Rabbi Shammai Engelmeyer, and welcome to Keep the Faith, my bi-weekly podcast in which we explore contemporary issues through the prism of Jewish law and tradition. In the wake of the killing of George Floyd in May 2020, we heard a great deal about defunding the police. Because last month, 29-year-old Iron Nichols was viciously beaten by Memphis police, We're hearing that battle cry once again. That beating was captured on a series of damning videos, and Nichols died three days later. We've seen so many of these cases, often referred to as DWBs, driving while black. There was a big difference this time, though, because Not only was yet another black motorist killed by police, but this time, the officers who did the killing were also black. The Memphis Police Department they served in is 58% black, and the Memphis Police Chief is black. I covered some of this in last week's column in the Jewish Standard, but I have limited space for my columns, and there's so much more to talk about. So, Even if you read the column, keep listening. The topic for this week, therefore, is why defunding the police is the wrong answer to police violence. When police kill unarmed civilians, cover-ups usually follow. We saw this, for example, in 1991, following the vicious beating four white officers in Los Angeles gave to a black man, Rodney King, that took his life. There was no attempt at a cover-up of this crime, however. Following an investigation, six officers were fired from the Memphis Police Department, and five of them so far have been indicted on multiple felony counts. This openness on the part of the Memphis police, though, doesn't matter to the defund crowd. As one activist, for example, put it, Nichols' beating affirms, that's her word, Nichols' beating affirms that only defunding the police will turn things around. Defund the police was wrong when it first appeared, and it's wrong today. Police budgets are not the problem, and neither is it a matter of race. It's police culture that must be reformed. I'm not alone in saying that. Among others, Yale University law professor James Foreman, Jr., the son of one of the last century's most influential civil rights leaders, says it. The issues, he says, quote, are the theories of policing and styles of policing, the training that police receive, the dynamics that propel violence and brutality are more powerful than the race of the officer, unquote. Reforming police culture, not defunding police departments, is a cause we must all support. Calls to defund the police, however, are more likely to dissuade us from doing so. The word defund has only one meaning, regardless of what dictionary we use. Merriam-Webster, the Cambridge English Dictionary, and the new Oxford American Dictionary 
each uses different words. They all say the same thing. To defund something is to take away the money from that something. The slogan, defund the police, in its unequivocal definition, means to take the money, all the money, away from the police. It's another way of saying, let's get rid of the police altogether. That's not what this campaign should be about. Its goal, among other things, should be to reallocate police budgets to meet the problems that are so readily evident in such cases as the deaths of George Floyd and Tyre Nichols. An April 2021 paper written by University of Maryland sociology professor Rashawn Ray and Clark Neely, senior vice president for legal studies at the libertarian-oriented Cato Institute, addressed how reform may be achieved. It was published by the Brookings Institution. As the two authors stated it, quote, Police have to be of the people and for the people. Oftentimes, police officers talk about themselves as if they are detached from the community. Officers often view themselves as warriors at war with the people in the communities they serve. Police officers embody an us-versus-them perspective rather than viewing themselves to be part of the community, unquote. While they acknowledge that, quote, police officers rarely get credit for the everyday mundane things they do to make their community safe and protect and serve, unquote, what is needed, they say, is, quote, a change to police culture regarding how police officers view themselves and view others, unquote. What is needed, they write, is, quote, a fundamental reconceptualization of both the mission of police and the culture in which that mission is carried out, unquote. Policing, they argued, should, quote, be about respecting individuals and not using force, unquote. Among the ways to achieve what, in their words, is an ethical approach to policing is spending more time and money on the appropriate kinds of training police receive. Quote, nationally, officers receive about 50 hours, five zero hours of firearm training during the police academy. They receive less than 10 hours of de-escalation training. So, when they show up at a scene and pull their weapon, poor decisions and bad outcomes should not be surprising. Funding can be provided to have federally certified trainers who work with localities within states, counties, and cities, unquote. Crucial as well, they wrote, is adding money to police budgets, not taking away from them. This added money should be used for mental health counseling for police officers, and this counseling should be required on a quarterly basis, not just yearly or just occasionally. Quote, recent research has highlighted 
that about 80% of officers suffer from chronic stress. They suffer from depression, anxiety. They have relationship problems, and they get angered easily. One out of six report being suicidal. Another one out of six report substance abuse problems. Most sobering, 90% of them never seek help, unquote. Although not addressed by the report's two authors, some funds should be diverted from police budgets to the communities police serve to support the kinds of problems that breed crime. Poverty, for example. Homelessness. Mental illness. Problems police departments are forced to deal with daily, but are woefully ill-equipped to handle. Case in point is a case most of us have not heard about. The January 4th killing of a 20-year-old mentally disturbed computer science major at the University of Massachusetts, Boston. His name was Arif Syed Faisal. His death was the subject of defund demonstrations two weekends ago in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Faisal had jumped out of a window and was sitting in a courtyard, cutting himself with a long-bladed knife and some broken glass when police approached him. Faisal was clearly more of a threat to himself than anyone else, but because he was brandishing a big-bladed knife, the Bangladeshi immigrant soon lay dead after having been shot five times. The Treatment Advocacy Center in 2015 released a study titled Overlooked in the Undercounted, the Role of Mental Illness in Fatal Law Enforcement Encounters. The study found that people with untreated mental illness are 16 times more likely, one six times more likely to be killed when stopped by police than other civilians. In 2022, according to a just-released study, 109 people suffering from a mental health crisis were killed by police last year. Either statistic is frightening. Police simply are ill-equipped by their training to deal competently with such situations. Here's what then-Dallas Police Chief David O'Neill Brown, today the superintendent of the Chicago Police Department, had to say about these types of situations in a 2016 interview with the Washington Post. Quote, Every societal failure, we put it off for the cops to solve. That's too much to ask. Police was never meant to solve all those problems. Unquote. There have been numerous proposals in the last few years to reform police culture, and some have been adopted by police departments with an eye toward reducing the use of excessive force. Some of these proposals focus on holding police accountable for their actions. Perhaps the most important one is establishing some type of independent oversight to investigate cases of police misconduct so that 
officers are held accountable for their actions. This could be in the form of a civilian review board or a special prosecutor's office dedicated to police misconduct. The findings from such reviews should be made public in full detail in order that there be transparency in the process. The problem here, though, is something called qualified immunity. I'll discuss this in a moment. Another proposal is having all police officers who are not assigned to desk duty equipped with body-worn cameras and releasing any violence-related videos to the media. This would both increase transparency and accountability in policing. Yet another proposal would require police departments and government agencies to collect and analyze data on the use of force by police officers, including demographic information on the victims and officers involved, in order to identify patterns and areas for improvement. This should include frequent reviews and revisions of use of force policies to ensure that they emphasize the preservation of human life. The data also should be made available to local media. There have also been efforts to improve police training programs to emphasize de-escalation techniques and to provide police with alternatives to the use of force in non-criminal situations, as well as increasing the emphasis on crisis intervention and cultural sensitivity training. Much more, though, needs to be done in these areas. Finally, the naysayers notwithstanding, there's great benefit to be had from encouraging the adoption of the kinds of community policing models that emphasize building trust and cooperation between police and the communities they serve. Defunding the police has no place in any of these initiatives. Reallocating police funds and even increasing police budgets in certain areas, on the other hand, are what these initiatives are all about. The principle of qualified immunity, however, is one of the biggest roadblocks to reforming police culture because it all too often shields police officers who engage in what could be reasonably assumed to be bad behavior. Removing qualified immunity would be a major step forward in holding police accountable and giving teeth to some of the proposals I just mentioned. Qualified immunity is meant to shield government officials, including police officers, from being held personally liable for actions performed in their official capacity, provided that they haven't violated a, what is known as clearly established law, or someone's constitutional rights. Critics argue, though, that the bar is set too high for what constitutes a clearly established right. Critics also argue that police officers seek qualified immunity as a license to act with often palace disregard because they aren't likely to be held accountable for doing so. If an officer knows that he or she could face a long, drawn-out and costly lawsuit because of abusive behavior, that could serve as a powerful deterrent. In this case, defunding isn't even an issue because 
it's not a budget item. It's the law that must be changed to make it easier to hold police accountable. Making better use of some of the money that currently goes into policing is what defund the police should mean. That's not what some of its most vocal supporters want it to mean, and it certainly isn't what most people think it means when they hear that word defund. That brings us to Jewish law. Halakha requires us to be very careful with the words we use. Words can kill, according to the Bible, the Tanakh, and according to our sages of blessed memory and the many halakhic authorities who came after them. In the Tanakh, for example, Proverbs 18, verse 21 states, quote, Death and life are in the tongue's power, and those who love it will eat its fruit, unquote. Robert Alter, professor of Hebrew and comparative literature at the University of California at Berkeley, and himself a translator of the Tanakh, explains that verse this way, quote, A cultivated person delights in language and takes pleasure in its apt use, and this exercise of well-considered expression will redound, will contribute greatly, to his profit, unquote. Then there's this verse in Psalm 120, quote, What shall be given to you? What more shall be done for you, O deceitful tongue, unquote. In the Talmud, the renowned Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai explained the verse this way, quote, God said to the tongue, All but one of a person's limbs are upright. You are lying horizontally. All but one of a person's limbs are external. You are internal. And moreover, I have surrounded you with two walls, one of bone, the teeth, and one of flesh, the lips. What shall be given to you, and what more shall be done for you, to prevent you from speaking deceitfully? Unquote. Often, even biblical verses that seem to have nothing to do with bad speech are used to make the same point. For example, in Genesis 2, we're told, quote, And the Lord God formed the first human and blew into his nostrils the soul of life, and the human became a living being, unquote. The most authoritative Aramaic translator of the Tanakh, Uncleus, whose translations appear side by side with the Hebrew text in many printed versions of the Torah, translated that verse this way, quote, And the Lord God created the human out of dust from the earth, and breathed into his nostrils the soul of life, and it became in the human a spirit uttering speech, unquote. Rabbi Shlomo ben Yitzchak, the great commentator of a millennium ago, known simply as Rashi, expanded on this. Quote, By blowing the soul of life into our nostrils, God was blowing into the human de'a the dibur, understanding and speech, unquote. In other words, say Uncleus and Rashi, 
each in their own way. Humans were endowed with the gift of God's breath, meaning our soul. So the words we use must be chosen wisely, because to speak means to expel some of God's breath. To misspeak, or worse, to speak words that can cause harm, is to abuse God's gift. Words can kill. In this case, the use of the word defund is likely to turn off the very people we need to effectively reform police culture, namely the politicians and the people who elect them. And these types of violent police responses and ensuing deaths are likely to go unchecked because of it. A bill in the last Congress, the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act of 2021, would have gone a considerable distance in bringing about such cultural reform. It passed the Democratic House, but failed in the Senate because it needed 60 votes to even be discussed, and it lacked Republican support in an evenly divided body. That and similar bills are unlikely to see the light of day in the current Congress, but we can, we must insist that our local legislators enact such laws in our state and communities, and we must find ways to appeal to more liberal-minded Republicans in the House and Senate to vote for a reintroduced George Floyd Act. Make no mistake, Police reform is complex that requires the cooperation and commitment of law enforcement agencies, policymakers, and the public at large. We're held accountable for the crimes we commit. Police should be held accountable for the crimes they commit. Slogans aren't the answer, and certainly not poorly worded ones. Action is the answer. In fact, it's the only answer. This is Rabbi Shammai Engelmeyer. I do hope you come back for my next podcast, and I'd like to hear what you have to say about this or my other podcast. Go to www.shammai.org, www.shammai.org, and email me, please. If you don't get the Jewish standard but want to read my columns, go to the columns page of my website. If you don't get the Jewish standard but want to read my columns, go to the columns page of my website. Next Friday's column deals with the hypocrisy evident in the House Republicans removing Representative Ilhan Omar from the House Foreign Affairs Committee because she's perceived to be anti-Semitic. Yet the GOP rewards tried and true anti-Semites on its side with choice committee assignments. Shabbat Shalom. Stay healthy. Keep wearing those N95 masks in indoor venues and in outdoor crowds, no matter who tells you otherwise. And get fully vaccinated if you haven't done so as yet, including all the available booster shots. And above all, stay safe.